0: Punching Holes in the Darkness is a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's an opportunity for pastors and leaders in Michigan churches to have their voices heard and to share how to best reach our mission field from Detroit to the Upper Peninsula. Friends, I want to introduce to you one of our new partners. It is GuideServe. They are our Financial partner who helps us take care of all of our nickels and noses, so to speak. Uh, GuideServe is an outsourced accounting partner for our Baptist State Convention of Michigan, and uh, provides professional accounting solutions to churches and ministries all across the country. And they offer—they truly offer some comprehensive accounting and payroll solutions to organizations ranging from just beginning church plant to large churches and expansive ministries. And listen, if you'd like to know more about them, you can visit their website at Guideserve.com or send them an email at info at And by the way, if you mention BSCM, uh, when you do, it'll be a benefit to us as well. So welcome our new partner, Guideserve. Well, welcome again to another podcast of the Baptist State Convention of Michigan, Punching Holes in the Darkness. Thank you for joining with us today. Today, we have a special guest with us who's gonna be talking about disaster relief ministries here in Michigan and really around the United States. We have Bob Kiger with us today, who is the director of Disaster Relief Ministries for the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. And Bob does an admirable job with that. And, and first of all, let's just meet Bob and find out a little bit more about him. Bob, uh, thank you for joining with us today. And tell us a little bit about you and your family and where you're from and how you came to Michigan and so forth. Well, I uh, grew up in New Jersey and uh, went down to West
1: Virginia Salem International University for college and uh, met my wife through a fraternity brother down there, and she was from Michigan, and so when I graduated, I went back to New Jersey and taught high school math for a few years, and then uh, having met her, I ended up moving out to Michigan and got a job with uh, Ford Motor Company and ended up working uh, 30 years at Ford and retired as a senior business partner. And when I retired, I was looking for a volunteer opportunity of some type. And I'd been interested in disaster relief, and i looked at other um, nonprofit charitable opportunities where I could volunteer. And several people from our church were involved with disaster relief um, through the Southern Baptists in Michigan. So uh, I got involved, and My first road trip, so to speak, for disaster relief was when I went to New York on Superstorm Sandy. Uh, Went there with the feeding team and made uh, 14,000 meals a day to supply to the people that had been displaced because their homes had been damaged or they were without power during the storm. So that's how uh, I originally got involved. Fortunately, I've been supported through this by my wife of 46 years. This week, we celebrated our 46th anniversary, and uh, my three children that uh, have um, been involved when uh, we had floods locally—they've all supported us there. And so, uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a support system that encourages me and. Uh, and enables me to do
0: what I do. Now, now Bob, you got involved with uh, the local church there. I think Warren Woods Baptist Church is where you're a member, and you got involved in the disaster relief ministry because others were doing that. You saw that and got to be part of that. Uh, How how did you become, and I'm asking this rhetorically, of course, how did you become the director here for Michigan, and uh, what precipitated that, and how long have you been the director here?
1: Well, at first I was on the uh, feeding team. And then when I went to uh, New York, when I got back, uh, the former director, Wayne Williams, had asked me if I'd be the chaplain trainer. So I took on that role for uh, a couple years. And then as more and more things um, developed, then when we had the flood in Warren, uh, I took a, a lead role in both the response and then when Nam decided that they were going to do, rebuild in Warren, uh, rebuilding the homes that had been flooded, they asked if I would manage that project. So for a year, I managed the rebuild of the homes in Warren. And as a result of that, I think um, it was obvious that um, it was a place that I really wanted to uh, focus my efforts on And when the former director was ready to retire, I was asked if I would um, replace him. And that was, uh, this is the third year that I've been the director. So that was in uh, January of 2018.
0: We've loved having you, Bob. It's just been a been a great experience for all of us here at the Baptist State Convention of Michigan, really all of Baptist churches in Michigan, as we see you give leadership to that. Uh, you were, like you said, you were with Ford for 30 years, and uh, it's obvious to us that your managerial and your leadership abilities were home there, apparently, and uh, you brought those with you over to our disaster relief ministries. Uh, Of all the different things and all the disaster relief events that you have been involved with, what's one of the most memorable or the one that's most impactful in your life that uh, you could tell us about?
1: Well, maybe hard to get get through this one completely, but when we were in New York and we were making 14,000 meals a day, I was back at the camp cleaning equipment as the Red Cross trucks would come back, and many people don't know that when Red Cross feeds people, 99% of the time, I would say, the meals that they're feeding people have been prepared by the Southern Baptist Disaster Relief, so the drivers would come back, and I would ask them, tell us something that happened today. Uh, We were there during Thanksgiving week, and so I was looking for something where somebody would give us an idea of uh, something to be thankful for. And one of the drivers came back and he said that uh, he put the food in one of the takeout containers and went to give it to a father and a little girl. And the little girl said to him, Dad, how do we know this food's okay? And he looked at her and he said, because it's warm. They hadn't had any warm food for several days. and that just touched my heart to think that we had an opportunity to give this child a hot meal that she had not had for several days. Um, another comment that really touched me was when we were over in Newego County here in Michigan, uh, they had had a flood and lakes had um, risen and destroyed several homes. And we went to a house and we were cleaning it out, The TV. Uh, Station came to interview us and interviewed the homeowner, and he said, you know, God let me have this house years ago. He said, but when it flooded, he said, I thought maybe he was taking it away from me. He said, but then I saw the angels in the gold shirts come, and he said, they saved my house for me. He said, so God got me the house. God saved me the house, and what was so rewarding besides him saying that was that the TV station in Grand Rapids played that exactly as it was. Amazing. And, uh, <laughs> for, for a TV station to leave the spiritual part in the interview on without um, doctoring it or cutting out or splicing it, um, that, that meant a lot to think Absolutely. that we had an opportunity to promote why we do what we do.
0: Yeah. And, and Bob, what, you say, why you do what you do. What are some of the things that disaster relief does? You've talked about, I know we were in New York after 9-11 and helping there. You talked about a flood situation. What are the different things that uh, disaster relief is involved with?
1: What we primarily are known for around Michigan is flood recovery and chainsaw. If uh, an area is flooded, either uh, just like the Midland area because of the dams breaking or Warren because of the rain um, that we had, uh, we come in and we end up cleaning out people's homes. We uh, carry out uh, all of the goods that were damaged, put them out on the street for pickup. uh, And then we end up taking off the paneling or the drywall we'll take out the carpet, the tile, uh, flooring. Uh, We'll power wash the room, the basement, whatever it is. And then we spray a product called Shockwave. Uh, It's a mold inhibitor, uh, so that the house, uh, whether it's a basement or a first floor, is ready for them to start remodeling and getting it back to where it was. Uh, That's probably our uh, biggest effort. Uh, We also do Chainsaw, when there's been a tornado, we've had teams go, uh, in the last couple years, go to North Carolina. We are waiting right now to hear from Gary, Indiana. They are looking for some help over there, but um, they are working on a process so that uh, with COVID-19, we want to make sure that all the volunteers are housed and fed safely. And so we're waiting for a response from the mayor of uh, Gary, Indiana on that. So our Chainsaw team goes out when there's been uh, hurricanes or tornadoes. uh, Our feeding team is extremely strong. Uh, We have several good leaders um, that um, have trained other people to be prepared uh, to go. And whether it's a mass feeding, such as in New York, or if it's just feeding for our volunteers, 10 to 20 people, um, we have feeding teams. Uh, We have a shower unit that has uh, three men and three ladies showers and a washer and dryer on the trailer. And so when we go somewhere that, um, uh, if we stay at a church that does not have a uh, showers for us, we take our shower unit and we have people trained in sanitation for that. And they keep the shower uh, sanitized and uh, do the laundry for our volunteers while we're there. Uh, we have child care during uh, one of the national political conventions and also during the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, we have childcare units so that people can leave their children with someone that they know have have, uh, been trained, have been background checked uh, and are authorized to watch children. So uh, we also have that, and we have our chaplain unit. You mentioned 9-11. Um, One of the only planes in the country that was allowed to fly the day after 9-11 was a plane that was taking uh, a chaplain from the Southern Baptist to New York to start meeting there uh, with uh, organizations and authorities on how can we help. Same thing when um, Oklahoma had the bombing of the building. Our chaplains uh, went there from around the country. Uh, the shootings in Las Vegas, our chaplains have gone there. And so we have chaplains that um, go out and help people. We've just sent, uh, about two months ago, we sent two chaplains uh, to a lady whose home uh, had burned down over in Spring Arbor. And so they went and they met with her and, and sat with her and asked her what her needs were and prayed with her and referred her to a local church. And so... Uh, Of all of those units, uh, they're the ones that we continue to train for. They are the ones that uh, we supply, not just in-state, but as other states call for us. Um, Last year, with the flooding in the Midwest, we sent several flood recovery teams to Illinois to help out with all of the uh, flooding there from the spring thaw and from the spring rains. And uh, we just recently had a, a meeting in Illinois two weeks ago, and they were so thankful for what Michigan did uh, last year with the flood response.
0: You know, Bob, it's, it's, it, there's so many different things that uh, our disaster relief teams are involved in, but of course it's not just Michigan doing this. There are disaster relief teams in every state somewhere. And uh, they all kind of work together and come together, and that's coordinated, my understanding, through um, uh, offices at the North American Mission Board. And uh, they they help make sure that everybody is on the same page and not running over the top of each other and, and so forth and so on. So it's a pretty amazing organization. Do you have any idea how many disaster relief teams there might be in the Southern Baptist Convention? Is there a number out there somewhere? I am not sure of the number, but
1: the Southern Baptist Disaster Relief Team is the largest disaster relief organization in the world with trained volunteers. And we're in the top three when you look at total. Uh, One of the things that distinguishes us from some of the other ones that you hear about is our volunteers are all trained prior to going to a disaster. Some of the other ones uh, take on what we call uh, SUV, spontaneous, untrained volunteers. And we accept those sometimes um, during a disaster. In Midland, we, we uh, accepted some like that to help out. But we are the largest as far as trained volunteer. And as you said, because it's coordinated, from um, the uh, North American Mission Board in Alpharetta, we are able to call on teams all across the country. Um, We have in Michigan, we have two chainsaw units. Uh, Some of the larger Southern states have 10 chainsaw units. I mentioned Mm -hmm. we have one shower unit that has three ladies, Uh, shower stalls and three men shower stalls. I believe uh, some of the other states have eight shower units. So that's the size of some of the larger southern states um, and the amount of volunteers. I had heard that just Georgia alone, um, I think, had around 11,000 trained volunteers just in the state of Georgia at one time. Now, uh, with COVID-19, it may change a little bit, but at one time that was the number from Georgia.
0: That's an amazing thing. A lot of people just not aware at how large disaster relief ministries of Southern Baptists are, and how involved we are. Of course, there's you, you have, of course, the Red Cross and uh, another. Uh, the Salvation Army I think a couple but there's nobody really larger than us uh, except for those two organizations and those are not all as you said always uh, trained volunteers they just kind of garner volunteers to help them with that Friends, we want to welcome today uh, One Mission TV is our sponsor here at uh, Punching Holes in the Darkness podcast. They have been an invaluable partner with us since I've come here to uh, the Baptist State Uh, Convention of Michigan. What they effectively have done is they took all of our media resources and we put them together in this one neat package that One Mission TV takes care of. They're just doing an admirable job for us and have really taken us to a different level in uh, our media work. Here's some things they've done for us. They've done web design, they can do logo design, designs for print materials, and of course any kind of video presence and and recording you'd like to do. And uh, they've really helped us enhance our online presence as they can for you. Great guys, great partners. You will be glad you have done this. They're really a one-call media company and I think you'll be blessed by using One Mission TV. And friends, if you want to contact One Mission TV, you can do so at info at onemission.tv. That's info at (laughs) onemission.tv. I've often wondered how people can get involved in disaster relief at a local level and how they can participate. Uh, I know some people want to come and say, well, you know, I, I don't anything really about a chainsaw, but is there something I can do? Uh, is there somehow I can be involved with this? Because I really want to help people when they're hurting. And Bob, you, you've said this on many occasions and I've heard it repeated time and time again our purpose is not just to help with their physical needs, but their spiritual needs to be able to share the gospel with them, to tell, tell them about Jesus, to give them a cup of cold water in Jesus name. And so we're absolutely about sharing the gospel. So how can, how can people participate and be involved in disaster relief right here in Michigan?
1: The best way is to attend one of our training sessions, we, uh, we have one scheduled uh, for October, but I don't wanna announce it quite yet because of COVID-19. Uh, we, we are trying to make sure, we intend to do it at Bambi uh, on a Friday night and a Saturday. Uh, we will have chainsaw training, feeding, um, uh, flood recovery. We'll do chaplain training. Uh, so we will do all of the unit training um, at Bambi But before I give any dates out, I want to make sure that we're allowed to do it, first of all, uh, according to the governor's directives. And I want to make sure that Bambi feels safe having people coming there. But it will be announced through uh, both the Baptist Beacon. It will be announced online. We will promote it. But for people to go to the training and take the basic training, once they take the basic training to find out what we're about, Uh, some of the protocols and issues that we have. Then they can take any of the unit training that they would like. They can take the flood recovery, the chainsaw, uh, the feeding, uh, and then they can go um, on a a call out. We will include them on our phone listing, and then the next time we have a call out, they will get a call asking if they're available to go. They will respond. Um, Chaplain training, we do have one requirement on chaplain training before you're allowed to be a chaplain, we ask that you go out on a a disaster under one of the other units so that um, we would hate for you to go to be a chaplain on your first disaster experience and have it be so traumatic that you would not be able to do what you really want to do uh, as a chaplain. So we've asked that you go out on a Uh, disaster, either with the chainsaw unit, the feeding unit, um, uh, the flood recovery, see what a disaster is like, see what the homeowners are experiencing. Then if that interests you to be a chaplain, you can come back and take chaplain training and then on the next call out if you want to go as a chaplain. We try to embed a chaplain uh, with each one of our teams that go out because as you said, the Flood recovery or chainsaw or feeding, that is just our step into the door um, so that we have a chance to step into their heart. The important part is we want to share Jesus with them. And at the end of every visit, whether it's a chainsaw or flood recovery, um, the team that worked on the home, we sign a Bible. We ask the family if we can pray with them and then we present them a Bible uh, of everyone that worked on the home. Um, We we never use uh, their spiritual experience as a prerequisite of whether we do their home or not, uh, but we do not leave their property without asking them if we can share the love of Jesus. Uh,
0: with a Bible. That's an awesome one. That's an awesome ministry because people are found that, you know, when people are in crisis, they're susceptible or they're, or they're more uh, amiable toward listening to you because they're hurting and you can help with that hurting and you share the gospel with them. That's just a, I think that's what it's, this is all about. Does that mean that we don't care for those physical needs? Oh, absolutely not. We care for those, that's what we're there for that's why we go to all this work. And you know, Bob, you, you've talked about a lot of different ways people can participate. And I was just kind of thinking through the qualifications and basically the qualifications are, are you breathing? Do you love Jesus? And, uh, you know, can can you get about, because it may be just cleaning debris up or cleaning a house or wiping down a wall or, uh you may know nothing about food preparation, but I know these ladies and the men teach you how to do that. And uh, also there are just a lot of different things like that, that you could do. And uh, I'm just, I'm encouraging and want to encourage our people to consider being part of what God is up to there in disaster relief here in Michigan. And uh, they can go online and talk to you about that. And, they can contact you through email. If they wanted to send you an email, Bob, what's, what's a good address to send that to where they can get information about disaster relief? The easiest
1: way would be B O B N J 50 at yahoo.com. B O B N J 50 at yahoo.com.
0: And that's your personal email address. And uh, now everybody in the world is going to be emailing you. Can, and <laughs> that's good. Stuff and that's stuff. good. <laughs> if somebody wanted to help and support disaster relief ministries here in Michigan and around the United States, how could they do that financially?
1: They can go on our state's Baptist, uh, BSCM.org website and uh, follow the links for um, giving. And they can designate their gift toward disaster relief.
0: That's a great way to do it. And in their local churches, they can designate a gift through their local church uh, in their offerings and so forth. And those are directed right here to our state convention so that we make sure that disaster relief is funded well. Yes. And uh, Bob, I, I'm going to talk just a little bit about this as we're kind of coming to a close. We've got a couple of minutes left here. Uh, but Send Relief is the big umbrella organization at the North American Mission Board that that kind of disaster relief works with and under and uh, Sin Relief has all kinds of ministries, but Disaster Relief is one of them, and some people get those confused, and I know, and and we don't want them to be confused, Uh, so it's kind of like, Sin Relief is all of the kind of uh, ministries that we do to for people who may be uh, in human trafficking and trying to get them out of that. We may be doing with our feeding and food ministries all around the, the country. Uh, there's a lot of different things that Sin Relief does, but Disaster Relief, I believe, is kind of the, as far as I'm concerned, the jewel in the crown of that ministry. Uh, you have told me on many occasions and others have said, when you think of Southern Baptist and the really good stuff that we do, that yellow hat and that yellow shirt is the one that uh, everybody thinks about and sees. So uh, when you see people out there with those uh, sin relief hats and those yellow shirts, they're out doing good. And I I just appreciate so much, Bob, you doing that and leading in that. Uh, Anything else you wanna tell us about uh, Sin Relief or any experiences or anything that you wanna give us a word about as we're coming to a close here? Well, you had said about people getting involved
1: um, and we were so fortunate this last year with the floods in Midland that uh, our feeding team was actually a death ministry from Memorial Baptist Church in Sterling Heights. Uh, Pastor Herb Harbaugh's church uh, and his wife Phyllis have a team that have been trained in disaster relief feeding. And it's also a death ministry. And so they are typically limited on where they can go on a call out. But they were able to go to Midland and for two weeks Um, They were our feeding team. So if you think there's something that maybe you can't do uh, or what can I do, uh, everyone has a place in disaster relief.
0: Absolutely. I believe anybody and everybody can do that. And of course you have Bob's uh, email, but if you want to get more information, you can go to bscm.org and uh, click on the disaster relief link there and it'll show show you all kinds of things about disaster relief right here in the state of Michigan and how you can be part of that. Again, Bob Kiger, bless you my friend. Thank you for serving as you do as uh, the director of of disaster relief here in Michigan. And we appreciate appreciate you so much. And uh, folks, if you've not met Bob, I encourage you do so. Email him, call him, his phone number, and all that information is on the uh, website as well. And we you will be, I believe, enormously blessed by getting to know this wonderful servant. And we want you to join with us in the disaster relief ministries here in Michigan. It's one of the ways that we punch holes in the darkness right here in Michigan. Thank you, Bob. God bless you. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Keep up the good work and I uh, look forward to hearing from you again soon. Thank you. This has been Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast from the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. If you have liked this episode, please rate us and leave a review. That will help others to find us and enjoy these conversations too. And if you subscribe, you will be notified when new episodes are available. Join us next time as we help Michigan churches punch holes in the darkness.